Welcome to Warrensville Reaching New Heights. I'm your host, June Scharf, and today's guest is something a little different. Um, I don't expect anyone to have any sort of expertise in this area, even experience, or possibly even curiosity, but guess what? I call this sort of topic uh, mind candy, where you're gonna learn something that you didn't know was interesting, maybe you didn't even know you wanted to know, but I think you'll feel really satisfied when we're done. My guest is Jeffrey Hagman, and he owns Bright Prosthetics in Warrensville Heights. And he gives us a full understanding of how his business operates, but also just what it's like to be an amputee. And that's what he specializes in, creating prosthetics for amputees. Now these could be people who have lost the limb due to any number of issues. Sometimes it's the result of uh, health problems such as diabetes or cancer. Sometimes it's work-related, an accident on the job. Um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's an auto accident, motorcycle accident. Maybe they were in a war zone and lost the limb. Uh, and sometimes people are born with limb differences or the absence of a limb. So people get, what his job is, is to provide a prosthetic that can get people back to living their life uh, with as little interference from the limb loss as possible. Now, it's interesting to note that there are 2.1 million amputees in the U.S. right now, and most of them have a below-the-knee amputation. And what's almost universally true about this population is that they have no experience with of the loss of a limb in terms of friends or family. You know, you come to this knowing pretty much nothing and really reinventing your life as a result. And that's where Jeffrey comes in. He really understands the needs of people going through this process. So please enjoy this conversation with Jeffrey and learn a little bit more about what's involved when you have an amputation. Jeffrey Hagman, I want to welcome you to the podcast. You are the president of Bright Prosthetics, and you are a certified uh, prosthetist. It's not easy to say. Yes. <laughs> um, and you have a business here in Warrensville Heights. You're located on Galaxy Parkway, and you've been here since 2013. Correct. And we're very happy to have you because we're going to be talking about um, amputees and the work that you do for them. Well, thank you for having me here today. <laughs> well, first, um, I'm wondering what brought you into this line of work? Sort of a long story, um, but I'll summarize. We've got time. <laughs> <laughs> um, my brother had gotten involved in prosthetics well before I uh, decided to enter the prosthetics profession. So, And that goes back to in the 1990s. So mm -hmm. I'd always watched what he did uh, in his practice down in Florida. Mm -hmm. and. It, just became interesting to me uh, because I like working on custom projects and working with people and prosthetics is something that ties both of those things together where you can work with individuals who, who need specialized care and you can also um, provide them a prosthesis that helps get them back going in life. Well, what got him into it? <laughs> Was there I an don't experience? really have an answer for that one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is very specialized. It's um, to a, you know a narrow portion of the population. This is not a widespread need, although it's probably a little more common than many of us realize. Yeah, uh, 
there are, there are a number of amputees out there in the world that you know we don't see on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's because they have some limitations with how their prosthesis functions for them. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely with uh, the way diabetes is on an uptick and okay. obesity is on an uptick. Which lead to the loss which, of limbs. Which can be precursors to a loss of limb, so yeah. along with okay. other health complications. So, um, you know, they're, they're predicting that the amputee uh, population is going to dramatically increase over the number of years going up to 2050. So, wow. something that uh, there's a need for professionals like myself. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we're going to do a deep dive into what you do. But um, first, I'm just wondering, so in terms of the services you provide, you offer both upper and lower limb prostheses. Correct. And they're quite different. <laughs> Correct. But yes. we'll get into that. Um, but So what is the demand like? Are you busy, very busy? <laughs> so when I opened Bright Prosthetics in uh, 2013, mm -hmm. uh, we officially got our doors open um, in 2014, but mm -hmm. you know we're in our sixth year. The whole first year of being established here, um, it was a learning experience starting a medical practice from mm -hmm. scratch, but uh, we had five pay five. Um, patients the whole first year okay. so um, we have progressively built that up to well well past that number now mm -hmm. um, but we're uh, we've done it with just focusing on patients taking care of them and their prosthetic care needs and, and doing it well and, and getting a, uh, an outcome for them so well what are some of the considerations that enter into the creation process when someone, I mean, I, that's sort of a broad question. Everyone's Everybody's a little different how yeah. they how they end up to to the point where they need a prosthesis. So, the main causes of uh, amputation are uh, disease related. So, okay. our, that's a lot of our um, vascular individuals, um, diabetic individuals. You know, some some other diseases in there as well. But we also have traumatic amputees. It's like um, maybe war zone people? Um, could be either war-related, which is still a relatively small number um, really? of amputees. Okay. We okay. hear a lot about them in the news, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's not as big as number as people perceive it to be mm -hmm. um, from all the exposure they get. Um, but they, you know, obviously have done a great service for us, so we re respect that. Um, but traumatic amputees could be uh, work-related, it okay. could be motorcycle-related, okay. it could be farm-related um, are, okay. are common causes. Um, but we also have uh, individuals that are, um, you know, some amputees uh, have a cancer problem that they have to have a limb mm -hmm. removed to, to help fight that disease. Um, and then we have some individuals, and it's a small percentage of amputees, that are, are born with a limb difference or with a missing limb. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, what was it? All right, uh, thalidomide. Thalidomide, yes, yeah. yes. So that's fortunately not as big an issue, but uh, not anymore. You know, those individuals are are. Uh, um, They're probably out in their there. yeah, yeah, but those people are probably in their sixties, seventies by now. Correct. Yeah, yeah that, that's been uh, fortunately uh, a solution has been. Mm -hmm. uh, I think my um, closest overlap with someone who's an amputee was at the gym once. And this was a war vet, and he got his leg blown off pretty much, let's say like mid-thigh. Mm -hmm. And he was squatting and doing heavy lifting. Like, I, it was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a really badass guy. And he would show up in shorts, and his whole prosthetic leg was exposed. And I was really impressed. And so I guess that just speaks to, with a good prosthetic, how 
normal of a life, I suppose, you, you can live. Correct. And that's what we're trying to achieve for everybody is get them yeah. back to doing as many things as possible that they were doing before their amputations. So, um, you know, individuals that have had traumatic amputations, mm -hmm. they can do better typically because they, they were otherwise healthy before their unfortunate mm -hmm. injury. Um, so they don't have a lot of, you know, complicated health uh, things holding them back. Mm -hmm. um, so they can get very functional doing high impact activities and working out like you described, mm -hmm. you know, assuming that they have a prosthesis that is functioning for them. Yeah. So that's an important part of it is the prosthesis that can help them function and achieve those activities. Well, it seems, it strikes me that um, in addition to creating the prosthesis, part of what you have to provide the person is the training with how to use it. So if I can just back up for a second, um, I'm someone who had a stroke which involved uh, paralysis on my right side and what we don't realize is that I had to learn to walk again and we just take walking for granted. You know, you just walk, you just do it. But when you become co compromised in some way, you break it down to the very like mechanics of it. And I, I remember thinking, oh, you have to swing your leg forward, you have to plant your heel, you have to shift your weight, because it didn't come naturally. So I have to believe after you fit someone, you're going to have to teach them how to walk, right? Maybe? Correct. So or is that not your job? <laughs> it's very similar to your experience with learning how to walk again. Mm -hmm. um, so when we all learn how to walk when we're babies, mm -hmm. so it just comes sort of naturally and we fall a lot. So. Yeah. Obviously, when we're older, we don't want people to fall because it's it's you know it can lead to other complications. <laughs> yeah. But but there is definitely a process. So, you know that difficulty level is somewhat dependent on how was the person doing before their amputation. Mm -hmm. Were they going gangbusters and you know they had a traumatic amputation? Mm -hmm. Those individuals can often get going rather, you know, a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. But if we've had somebody who's been declining mobility over the last several years mm -hmm. and so they've lost strength and balance and, and they have other health uh, factors in play they can take a little longer to get back going but um, so when we're doing the fitting process we, we do have to teach people how to walk again so depending on the level of their lower limb amputation like above the knee below the above knee above the knee are... below the knee partial foot yeah. uh, or even up to the as high as the hip level amputation mm -hmm. amputees um, you know it all has varying degrees of difficulty. So mm -hmm. mostly we're working with individuals that have below the knee amputations. Okay. And because they have their, their intact natural knee, mm -hmm. sometimes it's arth arthritic, um, they can get back walking a little bit easier than somebody with a higher level amputation yeah. um, where they have to control a, yet another artificial joint, a knee joint. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but lower limb amputees can get back to, to walking, but we only do enough of that training to do our jobs in fitting the prosthesis so that we can get them standing up on two feet, mm -hmm. giving them the basics of how they need to stand, balance, shift their weight, and uh, walk so that they're walking efficiently mm -hmm. and, and that they're stable so they're less likely to uh, fall. Um, and then from there, once, once we get that um, alignment um, set up where they're walking and we're satisfied with that in our office, that's when we partner with uh, our physical therapist out there in the community okay. that uh, do the repetition and, mm -hmm. and really help that person work on their balance, refining their, their technique mm -hmm. and, and building that endurance up. 
And this work is highly, 100%, I would say, customized. There's no off-the-shelf prosthetic. In the prosthetic uh, world, correct. Everybody's limb is different. Everybody's needs are different. Everybody's health is different. So Mm -hmm. we have to have that crystal ball Mm -hmm. to, when we first meet somebody, analyze their lifestyles, their needs, and then you know, try to match them up with the best type of prosthetic that we can Mm -hmm. to restore their life and their functions. So we have a lot of knees, uh, prosthetic knees and feet that we have to select from. And, you know, there's not one knee or one foot or one system that works across the board for everybody. So it takes a while to develop that skill and matching the right technology with the right amputee. Um, And then you know, to complicate that further, we have to work around insurance policy restrictions that, uh, you know, can be frustrating at times, but we, we figure out how how we need to uh, satisfy those requirements and then... Well, what does know, insurance do? They don't just write, write you a check? <laughs> they, no, they it's re- not quite that simple. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, you know, to go off on that um, direction. I mean, I'm just wondering what the constraints thing. You know, are they forcing people to make choices? Maybe that they don't. So don't sometimes, have to you know, not. And this isn't isolated to just prosthetics, but in healthcare, insurance companies have policies that uh, doctors and, and providers like us have to focus or um, comply with. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there are limitations based mm-hmm. on uh, the insurance company, but uh, if we run up against those and, and we feel uh, that it's it we have a product or a need for a patient, we'll fight mm-hmm. to, to try to get that covered for them. But uh, it's not always the easiest. Sometimes it takes uh, weeks or months, you know, to get that completed, but we've been successful at times uh, winning winning those fights. Okay, now you're making me wonder, how much does a leg cost? Uh, there's That's a hard question to answer. Okay. Is there a range? everybody's different. Yeah, so. is there a range? I mean, just... I have mean, no idea. I have no idea what this would be. From partial foot amputee, mm-hmm. because the amputee population is still relatively small in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of uh, the U.S. population, there's only about 2.1 million amputees right now. Okay. So the you know relative cost of some of the technologies is greater because it's a, it's you know it's benefiting only a small you know 2.1 yeah. million amputee population. Yeah. So. Um, but you know, prosthetics from partial foot can be anywhere from, you know, seven hundred dollars. But then, if you get to very complex upper limb, you know, advanced systems that uh, are very amazing and offer a lot of benefit, or you get into a very advanced lower limb prosthetic, you know, knee that has a lot of microprocessor features and benefits to it that you know, are, are very helpful. Um, you know, some of those systems uh, can be in excess of $100,000 when yeah. when we're all said and done. Yeah. And it seems like a big number, and it is, well, but... Well, there's a lot of biotechnology but in there. there's a lot of research and development that goes into mm-hmm. it to make it safe. Uh, mm-hmm. These manufacturers, you know, invest mm-hmm. lots of dollars in to, to develop these yeah. benefits and, uh, you know, in order to uh, satisfy the individual's needs. So, and, and we're fortunate in the prosthetics world. Um, you had mentioned uh, war-related amputees. We gain a lot of um, our technology from research and development that was originally put out there to help the veterans that are coming back from some of these wars and uh, getting them back functioning. Um, so there have been a lot of dollars spent there on um, developing and advancing prosthetic care technology that has 
been, in some cases, it's, it has uh, flowed through to everyday practice. Some of it's still very, uh, very costly, so it hasn't quite made it to everyday practice yet, but there's still hope for the future. Okay, and are your clients coming mostly from this area, or could they be na nationwide? Uh, I, I would gladly take people nationwide. Yeah. Um, but for our, since we've established here, um, we've been getting patients from about an hour okay. radius of where our office is located in Warrensville Heights. So when they come to see you, um, what is their frame of mind? Are, are they looking to you to be sort of like a miracle worker, or you know, what what is that interaction like? Well, miracle worker is not a hat that I normally wear, but uh, but it sounds um, like it. You're going to take every them, everybody's you're make them mobile. needs are different because mm -hmm. um, everybody copes with life circumstances differently. Mm -hmm. uh, so some people are like uh, relieved that they're no longer battling their their foot infection or limb okay. infection that has really been a holdup in their life. Mm -hmm. uh, traumatic amputees sometimes are um, in a little darker place because, you know, yesterday they were fine, today they are an amputee, mm -hmm. and, and life changed in an instant. That um, sounds like a car accident. Correct. Those might be clients. Correct. And uh, um, those individuals sometimes have a harder acceptance because they weren't prepared for it to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I can associate that with our, our loved ones that have a long, drawn-out illness, and sometimes we're a little relieved that, you know, mom or dad or grandpa or whatever, you know, has, has um, you know, gone to a better place. Um, but They're no longer suffering. Yeah, yeah, we can accept those a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, because it, we knew it was coming, but uh, where we lose a, a loved one in an instant in some sort of way, those are really hard to accept because, you know, it just was so sudden. Mm -hmm. So. The parallel is. With, yeah, the, the parallel, yes. But, uh, but yeah, amputees, I mean, some of them are, are, are you know, they haven't known an amputee prior to becoming one themselves. Okay. So they're, and if they're not getting education through the process of, uh, you know, their their health episode, then sometimes they don't know what the future can um, be for them. Yeah. So, you know, they they might know of amputees that are struggling or having pain, and that's their their knowledge of an amputee, which isn't maybe a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but once we can get in and meet with them, we can learn a little bit about uh, their needs and, and talk to them about the process and, and again try to assess okay meeting a person for the first time how could we foresee them doing after they've gotten through this tra difficult transition uh, in life adjustment to being fit with the prosthesis and getting the physical therapy and, and you know three months or six months down the road what are they going to be capable of? Mm -hmm. So, and atrophy is an issue if they're not using. If it's somewhere, let's say, you know, around their knee or whatever. I mean, their quad will suffer if they're not using it somehow, right? Uh, so, with all all brand new amputees, when when they first come out of uh, surgery, their limbs are a little swollen, and typically, what we're seeing with those individuals is their limbs are atrophying a little bit because. Mm -hmm. Some of those muscles are no longer being used mm -hmm. due to their amputation. So, you know, being a new amputee, you're adjusting to just functioning yeah. at a minimum with your amputation, getting around, transferring chairs, and, yeah. and uh, you know, using bathrooms and things, you know, just yeah. transferring in and out of cars, things that you've taken for, a person's taken for granted their, uh, prior to their amputation. 
Um, but they're not only adjusting to, to all the new terminology and, and restrictions on their, their daily activities, but um, once, uh, uh, once we get them functioning with the prosthesis, uh, you know, we can get them where they can live a more natural life. And we, as we start seeing them use their prosthesis more and as they get further out from their amputation, we see their limbs start shrinking and uh, that's where we really have to stay on top of uh, how well their prosthesis okay. is it's being maintained yeah. as far as the fit, fit yeah. as okay. well as the alignment because um, that's where a number of amputees struggle is their limbs change dramatically mm -hmm. in the first several months of being an amputee and if, if that fit is not maintained they start to have struggles yeah. and uh, yeah. We, uh, we try to uh, keep them up uh, and moving. Yeah. So. Uh, well, um, listeners may be familiar with someone who um, I would call kind of like a poster child for amputees. It's Amy Purdy, who was a double amputee, mm -hmm. um, and she's a star Paralympian snowboarder. And um, I think, you know, she's someone that in your world people look to for, I don't know, the positive outcome you can have. Yes, uh, I have not personally met Amy, but I do follow some of the activities that she's involved with. Mm -hmm. and, and she is definitely a high exposure amputee, uh, yeah. having been on Dancing with the Stars yes. and Paralympic uh, uh, downhill events and, and just, just a good ambassador for prosthetics and, yeah. and what's uh, achievable. Um, you know, she, uh, you know, a lot of people can look up to those individuals and, uh, you know, strive to achieve that level. but but in the reality of things, not all amputees can get to that level of activity. Okay. Um, she has the fortune of being a, a younger amputee, so she's okay. you know, got more mobility, but yeah. a large number of our amputees are, are up there in, in their years okay. a little bit, so what works for that young, dynamic person who had amputations versus somebody who's having their amputation at maybe 70, years of age and, and is you know not as as uh, active as they were when they were 20. What um, caused her amputation? Do you know? That's uh, one I, thing I don't know. I can't recall the specific diagnosis but there was a disease a, it was a disease related amputation that okay well the, sudden onset. But there is a downside and she suffered it I guess recently she got a bad infection and it was related to, from what I read, um, being on her prosthesis so much, it caused some sort of swelling. Or maybe it wasn't an infection, it was like a, a blood clot or something. So She developed, uh, uh, from my knowledge of uh, what, I've, or what I can tell from what she shared online, mm -hmm. is that she developed a blood clot that was somehow associated with her fit. Yeah. And that's where prosthetic fit is a real important thing. Okay, yeah, that's why uh, I, that's why I raised this. Yeah. Um, because if, if the prosthesis is fitting too tight, mm -hmm. you know, it can restrict circulation. It, and if it's too tight, it can also cause increased nervy or what in the amputee world are referred to as phantom pains okay. or phantom sensations. Yeah. Um, and then if a fit is too loose, you know, and, and there's too much movement happening inside that prosthesis, then that's where we can see rubbing and increased okay. pressure points and in, in that can lead to wounds. And okay. coming back to the diabetic amputees, movement and wounds are, are very serious things that have to be uh, dealt with quickly so that they don't have 
more complications. The cascading effects. Cascading yeah. of complications, yeah. yes. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so th- you, there's a monthly amputee walking and running clinic that you've been involved with. Is that correct? Yes. So ever since I've been involved in prosthetics, this dates back to when I was even in school for uh, getting into the prosthetics career um, in 2004. Um, I've been involved in a monthly amputee walking and running clinic. So first I started off participating in Michigan and then where I worked previously in Toledo, I was part of the the, uh, organization that started one there. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved here to Cleveland and opened up Bright Prosthetics, uh, I brought that program here to the Cleveland market. So we're the only provider that uh, offers that program. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's two hours a month where we open up our doors to any amputee who wants to participate. And they can participate at any point in their their amputation. If they're brand new, still waiting for their first prosthesis, they can come and and observe and see other amputees and and interact with them and and gain a little perspective. that's nice to be part of a community. To be part of a community, yes. Because you can uh, feel very isolated with this problem. Correct. Um, and I'll I'll finish up answering that in just a second. But mm-hmm. but with the walking clinic, you know, amputees can come at any point, and main you know it's it's mainly trying to capture some of those individuals that have been through their initial physical therapy, have graduated from that program, and uh, or insurances, you know, cut off their visits, mm-hmm. but they still need some additional work or some reminders and that's where we can come in and you know remind them to do their stretches do their exercises make sure they're shifting their weight properly and uh, you know myself and we have two physical therapists that have uh, specialty training working with amputees that help us with that program um, that uh, we we just take whoever shows up and try to get them walking better and keep them walking Mm -hmm. versus having limitations on on their mobility and falling is a part of this, right? Yeah, we're trying to keep people from falling. But and, they do. Uh, th- falls can happen with anybody. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a higher, you know, incidence of that with amputees if, if things aren't fitting well. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah, our program, it's, it's, it's geared to help individuals. Um, you know, there are other support groups out there that bring in special presenters and amputees sit around talk and there's a need for that for for certain amputees as well Mm -hmm. but we like ours um, because the fact that we get people up and keep them walking and and really try to motivate them to keep active yeah now do you think there will be a day in the future when um, prosthetics are possibly a thing of the past and and robotics place them replace them is that possible (laughs) anything's possible Mm -hmm. um, because I mean just look at how much life has changed in the last 20 years Mm -hmm. from pay phones to where we are, cellular yeah. phones and, yeah. um, you know, typewriters to computers. So right. anything's possible. And, and some of the advanced R&D is, is mm-hmm. getting getting pretty sophisticated. Um, so we will we'll wait and see. Um, you know, there, there are some things being researched right now that uh, could, could reduce the number of amputees out there as far as advances in wound care okay. and advances in, in how the prosthesis communicates or the body communicates with the prosthesis that's what I was looking at some of the um, um, research out there they're having little cuffs placed on on our nerves in our in our limb or relocating nerves in our bodies yeah to you know cross over and communicate with an electrode that then you know gives some feedback or um, sensation back to the user the mechanics of movement truly is 
complicated and fascinating. I mean, we just all take it for granted, but it's pretty wild. Yes, it, it, it I mean, is. What's happening on a, a biological level? When you tell your hand to move, how that, that works? Yeah, in prosthetics, uh, you know, in lower limb, we're, you know, oftentimes when we're dealing with somebody with an amputation above their ankle, the foot is a very complex mm -hmm. part of the body. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, you know, it gives you, us and you stability. Can't, right, and, you, and I, I heard you can't walk without your toes. Like, we don't even realize without your toes, it's not going to go well. Well, it, it starts it. limiting things. Yeah. Um, you can still stand and weight bear without your toes, but it, it affects your stride. It affects yeah. your, your balance. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it causes additional um, compensations in your body otherwise that, right. you know, some people can overcome those fine, just fine, mm -hmm. but other people can be really limiting. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so replacing a foot, you know, there are a lot of cool feet, prosthetic feet available mm -hmm. uh, for us to utilize. Uh, for amputees, but it never replaces the true function that our natural ankle and foot offer. Yeah. Um, same thing for upper limb amputees where uh, the the uh, abilities to function with our hands and talk yeah. with our hands or open little things or it's amazing um, how how Dexter's, our hands are, yeah. are naturally able yeah. to do all those things. Yeah. And again, prosthetically, we have a lot of solutions that restore a number of functions, but it never fully replaces that yeah. limb loss. Yeah. Um, well, what haven't I covered simply because you know your business a whole lot better than I do? Um, well, you know, like a lot of businesses, um, you know, there are unique aspects about each business. So mm -hmm. prosthetics are no different. So uh, one thing that keeps coming up over and over in, in the amputee world is people get frustrated when their prosthesis isn't working for them. Mm -hmm. And you know, like in other aspects of healthcare, we always talk about, oh, get a second opinion. Maybe there's a somebody else has a different skill set or different way to treat something. In the prosthetic and, and amputee population, that that's the same. So not all prosthetics providers are the same just because we have access to the same knees and feet. It definitely comes down to the skill of the person who's um, fitting that prosthesis, mm -hmm. how they've been trained, how they look at fitting a prosthesis and, and and sometimes there you know there's some great practitioners out there but they're limited on the time they're allowed to work with their with their patients because okay. of other corporate yeah. um, pressures um, but uh, we are definitely very patient focused we take our time and uh, uh, you know do what's necessary to get the the amputees comfortable and, and functioning the best that they are able to function so it still comes down to at the end of our day, we can provide a, uh, a well-fitting prosthesis set up on very nice tech, you know, technology, knee or prosthetic foot, mm -hmm. but it's really up to the individual to, to put in the effort and to uh, uh, do the work that's required to get them functioning well. So we will do everything in our part to make sure they can do everything, mm -hmm. but it's still up to them to, uh, to uh, take the ball and run with it, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah. but. Um, the only other thing that um, April every year uh, is Limb Loss Awareness Month, so um, not sure when this podcast will post, but uh, during the month of April every year there are a lot of activities uh, associated around uh, amputees and acknowledging their their uh, uniqueness in, in uh, what they go through on a daily basis. Um, so uh, that's something that we, we advocate for. and. Uh, 
we're there every day, every of the year, trying to help amputees. Yeah. At, um, so that's yeah. our focus. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're doing outstanding work, making a big difference in people's lives, and I think you've raised awareness right now on the issues surrounding amputees and replacing limbs. So I have to thank you for your time and for sharing all this information. Oh, thank you very much for having us in, and let us know how we can help. Okay.